Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. When you're a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson, the grind never stops. Russ typically beats me in, and that drives me. I look for that big truck every time I'm in there, and if I beat him, I'm pretty happy. So he inspires not only you know the players and the people in the building, but you know subconsciously me. Well, that's one way to impress the boss. Hey, Zach, you gonna start beating Raj into the office? <laughs> We are on the road to the Monday night opener in Seattle. Let's ride, Denver. We go it At DenverFan.com and Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Broncos country, let's ride. What if I told you there was an amazing treatment that could give you back your energy, help you sleep better, improve your gains in the gym, and likely help your sex life as well? This is Jeff for the Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic, and that treatment exists. It's called testosterone replacement therapy, and if you're low T, you'll likely be thrilled with the results. Testosterone replacement therapy provides a host of benefits. If you're like most of the men we treat, you'll feel so much more like the guy you used to be, with better sleep patterns, improved vitality and clarity, greater strength and energy, and a higher libido. At the Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic, we've treated thousands of men for low T. Our protocols are highly effective, with most men seeing results in a few weeks. So give us a call. Just $99 gets you a PSA and T-test and a medical consult. And if you start on testosterone the day of your appointment, your visit is free. Call 720-440-7900 or go to RockyMountainMensClinic.com. We have five clinics across the front range to serve you. Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic, the leader in men's sexual health. Support the AFSP Colorado chapter Out of the Darkness Campus Walks, taking place across Colorado. These walks help fight suicide and raise awareness about mental health. Visit AFSP.org slash CO Campus to learn more. Hey, Rob Wilhite, the Sawaya Law Firm. It's a holiday weekend. It's time to celebrate with friends and family. Have fun, but please be responsible. If you or a friend have had too much to drink, don't make a mistake. Take a cab or a rideshare home and send the bills to me. Let's keep everyone safe this holiday season. For more information, head to sawayalaw.com. Call or text the Sawaya Law Firm today. 303-GOOD-LAW. That's 303-GOOD-LAW. your car today at carsforkids.org that's cars with a k your car running or not can be picked up as soon as the next day you'll get a maximum tax deduction and a vacation voucher your car today. now accepting donations of land homes buildings or any kind of real estate at chain company we'll help you find the perfect engagement ring our jewelry consultants are experts and can teach you everything you need to know about creating a beautiful ring when you're collaborating there's no pressure they don't work on commissions, so they'll spend as much time with you as you need. Before you come in, you can play around with our online tool, Budget Buddy, so you can see all the possibilities in your price range. When you're here, they'll show you so many gorgeous ring settings and all the options for the center stone. Go traditional with a beautiful diamond or make it really unique with a colorful gemstone. At Chain Company, we have stunning red rubies and over a dozen colors of sapphires, including three shades of blue, from light blue to a more traditional darker blue. Or maybe you'd love an aquamarine or peach morganite. Whatever you choose, your ring will be one of a kind, an expression of your love. So come on into Chain Company and let's bring that dream ring to life. 
Now you have a friend in the jewelry business. Shane Company and ShaneCo.com. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. After a long week, $5 Fridays are for doing whatever you want, like baking up a made-from-scratch Papa Murphy's pizza. Get a large sausage, cheese, or pepperoni thins for just $5 only on Fridays at Papa Murphy's. The only question left is, are you willing to share? Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Cam. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Cam. It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate. That's right. Welcome back to a Guilty Pleasure Friday. This is Chad and Nate. I'm Nate. Kyle Reese sitting in for Chad, who's on assignment. He's calling a game. And uh, Troy, I apologize for this being your intro music, but we are joined uh, by our Denver 7 Broncos insider presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Troy Rank, how are you, buddy? Doing fantastic, guys. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. So we're still doing, um, you know, talking about Russ and Russ's contract. And, you know, obviously the argument yesterday was between Mike Evans and DMAC and who got it right. You know, give them all, he, give it, reset the market now or wait till next year and see what you got. Well, it seems as if they met in the middle. Kyle was posing this question to me earlier. Is Russell going to be looked at, uh, looked down at by the rest of the league for not squeezing the Broncos for every single dollar he could? Well, he didn't reset the market, and he had the leverage to do it, given the amount of assets they traded to get him. Uh, he also has the resume, nine-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ. What has become apparent in talking to industry sources and even people around this contract negotiation, the league views the Sean Watson's contract as an outlier, strictly as an outlier. And when I talked to people even yesterday about this, because Russell Wilson has $124 million guaranteed upon signing, $77 million due in the first eight months, which tells you how much of an advantage it is for the Broncos to have the richest owner in the NFL, number one. But it also shows you that the Sean Watson contract isn't happening anytime soon. And the NFL owners, I know from being at the owners' meetings in Minneapolis, the anger toward the Browns was real. Uh, it was substantial. And so everyone said, well, Joe Burrow and Joe Herbert, or excuse me, and Justin Herbert are going to top that money. Are they? Are they? The Bengals, they just built a practice facility in 2022. They're the most cash-poor team in the NFL. The Chargers are going through drama the same as the Broncos have gone through in terms of ownership. Are they really going to guarantee $220, 250000000 I would say the guy who has a chance to break that number is Lamar Jackson, and he might have to do it through franchise tags. So... I would cool on the talk that Russell Wilson somehow let players down only because of this. I believe the NFL is going to just continue to show you over the next year that Deshaun Watson contract exists in a vacuum. Sure. Help me understand kind of the environment around uh, the negotiations here. I always thought it was probably not a good idea to start off a relationship with new ownership and, and a quarterback talking about money 
Um, but it sounds like this was something that everyone wanted to get done. What was the environment? Was it pretty, uh, pretty amiable or was there a little contention there? Well, toward the end, it, it took a bit because they were both giving and it hurt on both sides. Russell probably, you know, he deserved more money in theory and the Broncos wanted to hold firm as well. Uh, when you're talking about record breaking contracts, but the reality is why did it get done? Both sides were motivated to get a deal done. Russell Wilson wants to have the second chapter of his career here, building his legacy. The only way he's going to do that, and I talk about this on my podcast with up now, that the only way he's going to do that, guys, if you want to be in the conversation of top five quarterbacks of all time, you have to win multiple Super Bowls. And you can't win multiple Super Bowls if you're making $65 million against the cap unless you just have the greatest rookie classes for three years in a row. And that's not going to happen in Denver, at least for a couple of years, because of the picks they traded for Wilson. So how were the negotiations? The original deadline was last Saturday. It was supposed to get done around that Vikings game. It didn't happen. There was some travel logistics involved, but they were making progress. They extended the deadline. It got done around 1130 on Wednesday night, and they were motivated. That's the simple answer. And I know from Russell Wilson's camp, they really didn't want Russell to go to Seattle with any distractions. And it's not that it would change his play, but to have that hanging over him going into Seattle of he's in a contract, you know, he's playing for a contract extension. So a lot of motivation to get it done. There was some tension, but that's what negotiations are when they're, it's a fair deal for both sides. It's going to hurt on both sides. And eventually they got it done. And listen, at 33 years old, Russell Wilson wasn't walking away from essentially 165 million guaranteed and 124 million on signing. Okay, so you just mentioned, and we've heard this a lot from Russell. He wants to be considered the greatest of all time, right? And that's that's what this is really about. You have to win multiple Super Bowls to do that. But is it actually possible to be considered the greatest of all time unless you get? To Tom Brady, like is Tom Brady even catchable at this point? He's got seven rings. Okay, Russell has one. Could he pass Tom Brady in the eyes of football fans as the greatest of all time without winning as many Super Bowls? Yeah, I mean it's virtually impossible. We have this argument with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I love covering Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning's playoff record before his final run with the Broncos, he was under five hundred. He was never going to be the greatest quarterback of all time when his playoff record was under 500. Nobody's catching Tom Brady. I mean, if Russell Wilson did, Nate, if we just follow the dance steps here and he somehow won six Super Bowls in the next seven years, yeah, he would be right there. That's not happening in the current NFL. That's not Russell Wilson. That's anybody. It's almost impossible to repeat, let alone win like three or four you know, four or seven. He's not winning six of the next seven. If he was in the NFC, I would tell you in seven years, he could probably go to the Super Bowl three or four times. The AFC has legitimately eight teams right now because of the quarterbacks that could go. So that complicates it. For me, the success of the contract would be go go to the playoffs five of seven years. You barely miss out a couple of years. You go to either go to two Super Bowls and or win one Super Bowl. That would be success. I know people don't want to hear that, but just look at careers of quarterbacks. How many go to multiple Super Bowls? How many win multiple Super Bowls? It's very rare. But Russell, if he plays till he's 40 and he wins another one and he goes to another one, now you start talking about him in that top 10 group. If he wins, if he got to three, now you're in the conversation of top five of all time based on where his stats are. So, 
he's got a lot left to build on his legacy. For me, he's a Hall of Famer right now. But if he wants to be in the conversation of top 10, top 5, he's going to have to win at least one, if not two more Super Bowls. What if he were to win three or four Super Bowls here in Denver in the next, like, seven or eight years? Clearly, he wouldn't get up to Tom Brady seven. But the idea would be, oh, my gosh, if Russell had been here all along, he'd have eight. He'd have nine. Would that change the conversation, or is it strictly based on number of rings? Yeah, I just think it's Tom Brady and everyone else. It's kind of like Babe Ruth in baseball. It's Babe Ruth and then everyone else. It's just it's almost impossible to catch him. I mean, I'm not, again, he would have to do something historically great over seven years that in the modern NFL I just don't think is possible. It's just too much parity. The salary cap almost prevents teams from going back-to-back, let alone winning three out of, like, six. Uh, you just don't see those types of teams. So uh, he would be in the conversation. If he, if the weird, weird thing is this. You say, well, well, if he won it with two different teams, that's a big deal. Well, Peyton did that first, and then Tom Brady did it. So it's part of where he was born. You know, if he was born 30 years ago doing this stuff, yeah, he'd be in the conversation of greatest. Problem is he's, you know, nobody's catching Tom Brady. It's just, And Tom Brady's played till he's 45. I mean, Russell would legitimately have to play till he's 45. Everyone thinks that's like the new norm. It's not. Tom Brady's a robot. Like, there's nobody ever been like him. That Most quarterbacks at 37, 38, they nosedive dramatically. So the idea that you're even going to be effective at 39 and 40 is a stretch for 99% of the players. Troy, it's so refreshing to hear you talk like this. I, it, I, I'm a huge Tom Brady guy, and I know that's not popular to say on Denver Airways, but I, I think what? you're right when you say that. Uh, that is the case. L- let me ask you this. You know, now that the deal is done, season's getting ready to start, is there an air of relief anywhere um, in the administration of the Broncos, maybe perhaps in the locker room? Is there something that, uh, a feeling that they can just move forward now and, and the deal is done? Well, to Russ's credit, it wasn't hanging over the team like the Lamar Jackson thing is hanging over Baltimore. Because there's a feeling in Baltimore like, oh, man, if this thing gets sideways and he gets a twisted ankle, is he going to sit out? Like, it's, I'm not, and I love Lamar Jackson, but I'm saying that has a chance to be a huge distraction for a team that should rebound this year. But in the case of the Broncos, it was kept silent. It wasn't hanging over the locker room. It wasn't guys asking, oh, every day. Because it wasn't like Russell was going to be a free agent. That was the other thing protecting them here. But what it did is it just cleared the final hurdle. You have a new coach. You have this relatively new GM. You have the new quarterback, and you've got new ownership. No excuses. The E-470 lane is clear to success, to end the five straight losing seasons of being bad and boring, to end the six-year drought of no playoffs. There's Everything's in front of them now, and there's no excuses. You have the biggest and the richest owner. You have the Pro Bowl quarterback. You have the offensive-minded head coach. Now don't talk about it. Go be about it. It's time. I mean, we've watched some really, really bad football around here. People forget the only other team that's missed the playoffs the last six years are the Jets. If you're in a sentence with the Jets, things have gone horribly wrong. It's time to get back to restoring this franchise's glory. Love it, Troy. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. See you. Have a great show. Way to drop the mic, Troy. That's Troy Rankard, Denver 7 Broncos Insider, presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. All right, Troy said had some interesting things to say about quarterbacks, about who can be considered the greatest of all time. The text line definitely lighting up here and and saying, well, stop it. Tom Brady's the greatest cheater of all time. Uh, how do you feel about that? Don't tell me, Kyle. Don't tell me. Also, people are saying, hey, if, if Russell wins three in a row, three Super Bowls in a row, which has never been done, 
he's definitely in the conversation for the greatest of all time. We're going to continue this conversation. Russell Wilson, Broncos expectations, MVPs, GOATs, next. Denver Sports It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate. I want to make her mine. Welcome back to Chad and Nate. Guilty Pleasure Friday. This is uh, Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Guilty Pleasure maybe in some circles and maybe in some circles just just pleasure. Just pleasure, Kyle. I'm here with Kyle Reese. Well, Chad is, uh, is not here this weekend. He's he's off on a trip. He's broadcasting a college game tomorrow, and so we will welcome him back next week. Before the break, we were talking about quarterbacks, uh-huh. the greatest of all time. We talked to Troy about Russell's quest to become the greatest of all time, and if that's even a doable feat, because Tom Brady is so far ahead of everyone. He's got seven rings. He's won seven championships. Can you ever be considered a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Now, before you answer this, Kyle, because you have some strong, strong feelings on this, we have some texters with some strong feelings and strong words as well. Get them off the air. <laughs> no, no, I mean, look, texter 720338 says, guys, it's definitely not just number of rings because Terry Bradshaw has four rings. We never consider him a top 10 quarterback. That's Sean in Denver. Very true. Um, very true. Good very point, true. And, and then Dan Marino. People think he's a top 10 quarterback, never won a ring at all. Yep. Trent Dilfer has a ring. Brad Johnson has a ring. Not in the conversation. Right? So, um, tell me, Kyle, why do you think that Tom Brady is the best quarterback that's ever lived? Um, obviously, the longevity is a huge part of it. You know, he he, he can't quit. I, I, I don't know what it is. He still feels like he's been slighted by the NFL and, and all the quarterbacks that were picked in front of him, and he still has this six-round, you know, uh, vendetta that he's that he's got to make right so um and, and just he's done it with a lot of nobodies you remember i shouldn't say nobodies he's, he's done it with a lot of guys that aren't going to the hall of fame randy right? moss david gibbons Wes welker they didn't win super bowl gronkowski uh troy pet troy brown David Patton. Great player. Yeah, good players, man yeah they were they were good players so but they're not all-time guys no, right? but, but so a text uh, is there redmond remember him Good quarterbacks make their, their make their team better. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. No you one's know? saying Tom Brady's a bad quarterback. Yeah. Right. But texts are pointing out also, Kyle, that he's never done it without a he's never won a Super Bowl without a top ten defense. So yeah. so isn't the team he's on matter? And yeah. then the coach he had. Yeah. Bill man. Belichick. No. Yeah. No. The greatest of all time as a head coach. Doesn't that doesn't that kind of stack the deck for Tom Brady? Are we thinking he's better than he is? Uh by no. I, I think we don't think he's I don't think we give him enough credit, to be perfectly honest with Not you. Not enough credit. Not enough credit. Tom because, Brady. again, he's done it with so many different guys. And he's done it year in, year well, out. Because he's 45. And think, about, and think about the games that he had to win. You think about the first one against the Rams, right? That was the last second he had to set up Adam Vinatieri for the field goal, right? He had to come back in the Carolina game. Mm-hmm. The Eagle game was a really close game. The Atlanta game, they came back in. He yep. threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter versus the Seahawks after right. they, everybody accused him of cheating. And yes, had they given the ball to Marshawn Lynch, we'd be telling a different story. But he still threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter of that game to have them in position to win. Right. I'm sorry. None of the defenders were on the field at that time. It was Tommy in the ball. Right, throwing it to whoever. Mm. So I'm just saying, he's done it with a lot of different guys for a really long time. 
Don't at me like the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not it's not like a out on the limb take that you have no. that Tom Brady's the greatest no, no, quarterback no, no, of no. all time. No, I guess the question is, can Russell be considered in that conversation without winning seven rings? Yeah, I, I, in that conversation, no. Here, and, and there's levels to this. This is like the um, LeBron conversation to me, right? Because Kobe never really gets factored into that, but he should be, right? Because Kobe achieved a level of greatness that LeBron, you know, the, there's there's some levels to this. LeBron, right? And LeBron lovers, right? So even in what we're talking about with Russell, he has a benchmark to meet when it comes to the greatest Bronco of all time, let alone the greatest NFL quarterback of all time, he would have to be so a shoe-in for that. Is Russell order. Wilson the third best, without even taking a snap, no. as a Broncos quarterback? Come on, no. Is he the third best Broncos quarterback you ever? You wouldn't sign him up for that. I'm not signing him up for that. He's still got to play some That's what I'm saying. We got to see some football, right? Yeah. So if he were to go on this magical run that you know everyone is hoping for, he would... He would be a shoo-in for the greatest Bronco of all time because he'd win, what What did we say, three out of four? Or three, four yeah, three or four, four Super Bowls. He'd be yeah. better than John. Yeah. He'd be better than Peyton. Yeah. He, so he'd have to be the greatest Bronco of all time to be even in the conversation of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So let's go there first. Let's let's get that figured out. And he hasn't even played a snap. And and, and, that, and he hasn't even played a snap. And that's but he's why going we to, call his fans. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he's going to win a week and a half, right? And he's going into Seattle. What do you expect to see from this offense? You are a football coach, Kyle. Yeah. You coach young men. Uh, what kind of offense do you guys run? Um, we have adopted a, a, a gap scheme offense. Uh, we kind of decided that we were going to marry that. We used to be a, a, a wide zone team. But mm. um, honestly, you, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, we're better at coaching gap scheme. <laughs> well, it's easier to coach. It, it, it is right? a little bit. Because it's like you yeah. block this guy yeah, yeah. instead of you block this area. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a little bit of nuance to it, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and for that reason, we could, we can see, we might see this Broncos team come out with some fits and starts. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what level you're coaching at, it's still a more difficult system to coach. These guys are still learning a new scheme. This offensive line is working with a new offensive line coach. Yeah. You know, new terminology. And the running game last year was the strength of this team with Javante and Melvin Gordon. Uh, the passing game was pretty anemic, but the running game was actually pretty effective. They've switched it up. They're running a new scheme. They got new terminology. They got a new coach. And yet the running game is what's going to keep Russell Wilson clean. It's going to allow those play-action passes to develop. It's going to keep him clean in the pocket, be able to move the pocket, and keep him from getting hit. So is there a concern that the running game is going to come along slow and therefore you're going to put it all on Russell a little too early without the chemistry there and who knows what could happen? Yeah, no, no. And 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 I think I think we actually need to hear from you on this one because you played for how many different teams? Uh, a, a couple, mostly the Broncos, six years with the Broncos, but I was on the 49ers before I got here. Okay. And then I spent one week, one whole week. I had a cup of coffee. As a Cleveland Brown. Not okay. even a cup of I had a sip. Okay. They took the cup out of my hand. It was too hot. I couldn't even get a sip in. Hey, give us a I hand. had just put the cream and the sugar in it. And I was just hey. stirring it up. They yanked hey, it. No, what? Never mind. Give us a cup. That's so I'm setting that up because you ran some form of zone there at That's each stop. Yep. At each stop, right? Yeah. You ran some form of pin and pull at each stop. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, as you go across the league, you know, a lot of a lot of things are the same. They're just named differently or they're talked right. about differently. They're right. installed differently. So um, it's not like the Broncos didn't run wide zone last year. I think that's why Javante Williams was lightweight successful last year, because he ran the same type of zone scheme. And, and it's just 
It's just now, what do you call it? How do we teach it, right? And so I don't think that you're going to see a huge dip in, in, in Javante Williams' production in terms of the run game. I know it didn't look very good in the preseason, but it's he's you're also trying well, to figure a lot of things out up front. They too. didn't even play anybody yeah. in the preseason, too. I mean, obviously, he's adopted yeah. uh, this ph- philosophy from Green Bay. Don't play their guys. Keep them fresh for, for later in the season. Yeah. Um, September football, kind of like de facto preseason. We're trying to get our feet underneath us. Really what matters is the end of the season and us finishing strong. And we talk about the end of the season and the, the necessity to finish strong. The last six games of the year, the Broncos are playing the, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Chiefs again, and the Chargers. That's a, that's a heck of a finish there. Yeah. Um, but in order to even actually be relevant at the end of the season, don't you also need to win games at the beginning of the season? Yeah, I was just, that just crossed my mind. Like, man, you probably need to get off to a good start. Yeah. I don't know if it's a James Merrill last start. Like, he told me he, he thinks the Broncos could conceivably go 8-0. Yeah, no, okay. Cecil said that too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. That would be good. Yeah. That would help you on the back end. It would. But do you think do you think any of these teams are just going to roll over and, and uh, play along with our, think, with, our, with our fantasies here? Arizona might be done by that time. Oh, you think? Yeah. Well, um, I just asked you about the running game. I want to ask you about the passing game. And also, the Russell Wilson news wasn't the only move made by the Broncos yesterday. They made an under-the-radar move that helped a room that's already pretty thin. We're going to get into that next. It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate. Welcome back to Chad and Nate. Been hanging out with Kyle Reese today, having a good time. Um, this is Guilty Pleasure Friday, and this is the Goo Goo Dolls with Slide. Does it, does, it, does it ring a bell now, Kyle? Not really. Okay. Yeah. Because Kyle was saying, uh, I was telling him the song choice, and he said, I know Iris by Google, Goo Goo Dolls. I do that one. I know that one. But not yeah, Slide. No. Uh-uh. And I got a pretty good jukebox, man, but not 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 this one. All right, well, maybe yeah. you can add it to the uh, add it to the jukebox, or yeah. well, maybe not, maybe not. Probably <laughs> <laughs> not, not not this one. But. So the big news of the day yesterday was clearly Russell Wilson's new contract, five years, two hundred forty five million. Um, but in addition to that extension, the Broncos signed cornerback Darius Phillips to add to the defensive back room. They are a little thin there, at least at, at, at the reserves. Um, obviously, your starting corners are, they feel pretty good about those guys. Pat Sutan, Ronald Darby, and a nickel corner, uh, Kwan Williams. But after that, you got, um, you got Isang Bassey, who was let go in favor of, of Darius Phillips, and Damari Mathis, a rookie corner. So, um, Phillips played in 12 games with Cincinnati last year, mainly as a punt returner. But with Ojemudia starting the season on IR, he does add a bit of depth and, so my question to you, Kyle, is how much concern is that DB room and lack of depth in general outside of PS2 and K1 Williams and Ronald Darby? Ronald Darby's had his his struggles staying healthy in the past. Um, K1 Williams missed a little bit of minicamp and camp. Uh, Pastor Tan obviously is the beast that we think is going to carry us. But um, how concerned are you about that room? Actually, not. Not at all? Actually, I won't say not at all because, you, you know, you, you, the last thing you want to see is your your team getting lit up, you know, and... and and that makes for a tough Sunday. So I won't say not at all. That's always a concern. But I think, you you know, your guys are, are really solid, right? Darby can hold his own. He's a veteran. He's been in the league, what is it, seven or eight years now? Yep. Um, so so he can hold his own. Obviously, Sertan is a star in the making. Um, you solidified that. You believe so with Kwan Williams uh, because, obviously, in today's NFL with 
you know, covering sideline to sideline, you, you've got to have three good corners, right? And I think that's really how Chris Harris, as we know in Broncos lure, introduced himself and really made his made his name to fame. So I, I think you're, you're solid um, one through four and a half, mm. perhaps. Yeah. Um, so, so that, you know, if you're asking me, you know, in terms of priority where that lands, uh, it, you know, it's probably a little, little further down, lower quarter in terms of my concerns about the football team. So I've heard you float this idea before, and then you backtracked when Mike Kliss, uh I don't know, oh, disagreed. I, I didn't backtrack. No, I don't remember you, that. You oh. deferred to his expertise, okay. but I'm going to okay. represent this okay. argument. You said that in a division that has all these awesome quarterbacks, oh boy, um, <laughs> that you know that might end up being a wash. And really, the difference between who wins and loses and who wins this division might end up being the defense. Yeah, I'm not I backtracking to- on that one. No, I happen to agree with you. Though. Okay, but I want you to expand on that because um, a lot of people think it's all about your quarterback and which quarterback plays best, which offense is best, which offensive firepower is is more potent. But you have an idea that maybe this is about balance, maybe this is about a team, maybe this is about the defense, and the Broncos having perhaps the superior defense out of anybody in this division could give them the advantage. Well, let's be honest. You know, I, you've got a good quarterback. I've got a good quarterback. Now what? Okay, so so what's next? Well, who's better? Uh, who's better? Because they're arm wrestling on the fifty yard line, aren't they? Isn't that yeah. how you determine yeah. the winner so of a football game? We wind up a half yard on either side. What does that mean? You know what I mean? So, what's the next conversation? Okay, who's got the better coach? That, that might be now the playing field is level, and we talked about that earlier in the show. How is it level? Now, um, how do you know? How do you know what kind of coach Hackett's going to be? Well, I, I think the quarterback field is level. Oh, the quarterback. I think field. the quarterback field is level. I, that's where the coaching and schematic. Things will come into play. Is Russell the best quarterback in the division? I don't think he has to be. I don't think he is. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to go on and say it. I don't think he is. Right? I can't believe you said that. I, well, no, who's going to no, argue against Patrick Mahomes? It was a joke. Please at me. Come on, text line. God, I know it's coming. There's a lot right? of folks. No, no. I think everyone agrees that Patrick Mahomes right now is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. I right. think so. Just based on recent history, right? Yeah. He's been in, this, I think, four straight AFC championships. It is what it is. But the question is about Justin Herbert. Is, is Justin Herbert a better quarterback? Do me a favor. Put two, three, and four in that coffee mug, and we'll pull. And, and whichever oh, so, one comes out, it is what it is. Okay, so to you, it actually doesn't. It doesn't matter it, I, because it's about the team. Because it's about the team, right? If if all things being equal, our quarterbacks are are, are good, right? To me, it comes down to the coaching. Uh, and even if you want to stay on the field of play, let's. What are we doing on the defensive side of the ball? Because how many games in the last? Three years have come down to the last minute, and guys making a play. I know everybody remembers Gardner Minshew. Right and yeah. just and, and, and just Trubisky the, the too. gut punch that was to have Gardner Minshew come back and outdo you in the last moments of a game, yeah. right? Because it comes down to that defense. Are you going to make a stop? And I know you played well all game, and I know you've been on the field longer than what you should be, but you got to make a play to get us out of here with a dub. And that and that happens often in the NFL, and we've seen it. Even when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, how many games did they win by seven points or less? I believe it was a record at eleven. So. Defense make a play, you know Who, who's going to stop that quarterback? And it doesn't matter in the AFC West. It's going to be week in, week out. It's going to come down to the last moments of a game. Make a play. And you believe this defense has the ability to do that? We're going to find out. <laughs> Chad would say, out. Chad would say, "I love." We're getting ready to find out. Um, someone saying on the text line that the, the, on paper, the Chargers are the best defense. I could see that, and they were the worst last year. So you're talking about these additions, J.C. Jackson. And Khalil Mack. Help, the coach didn't over. Hurt, help him out either. They didn't. Yeah. He didn't. Whoa. 
Do you believe in analytics? Do you follow analytics as a high school coach? Uh, yeah, I think you should. And to what extent? Um, to, to the extent that your assistants <laughs> can help you compile the data. No, I'm because... talking about, like, how, how do you use it, like, in, in, oh, yeah. in the game? Yeah, how yeah. do you use analytics? Um, so you... <laughs> Okay, exactly. So you don't want to use analytics. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's just, you know, you have your situation. What do you mean you don't want to give it away? I don't want to give it away. Well, it is what it is. You have your situation. opponent might be listening to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is big time stuff here. We're going to scout Overland by listening to Kyle. I listened to the radio. How ridiculous was that? No, no, man. You have your situational chart, right? And you say, okay, what are my best plays in this situation, right? And So you charted success rate in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, And if you want to get down into a deep dive, you say, okay, against this defense or against this front or against this secondary, right? You can you can get into the weeds as much as you want or how, as much as your time will allow you to do so. But how much do you rely on that number when the instinct of the moment might supersede that? Uh, the look in someone's eyes, yeah. uh, the momentum of a team, an injury that pops up, um, just the feeling in the air, the weather. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's an art to it, right? There's an art to deciding that. It's not just the science. And everyone's talking about follow the science. Follow. But as a coach, I mean, it, coaching is an art. It is. It is not a science. Yeah. So how do you apply these scientific data to the art of coaching? You, um, I, I've coached for some really good coaches, and I've always asked them, are, is football math? Or is it, is it math and science, or is it art to you? Just like you just laid it out. And I've coached for guys that were good math guys. I've coached for guys that were good art guys. And you, you can get it done both ways, but I think when you can merge the two, and I've had good math guys and say, man, I need more art. They come to me and say, hey, man, I, need, I, 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 I talked to this guy, and he's, he's helping me with my art. So uh, I, to answer your question, I think that what happens on the field of play, and Big Mo is real, right? Momentum. Yep. I think that always supersedes the data. I think it should always supersede the data. Sure. So as a, so as a head coach, you look at the data, you look at the analytics, but in the moment you have to trust your instinct. Obviously, that informs the decision, but it doesn't make the decision. Get your players the ball. That, that's it's simple. It. It's simple, isn't that's it? Football really, is yeah. pretty simple. Get your it? players the ball. Offensive football. You know what I mean? And and blocking and tackling and getting your players the ball. Because next, as, next cause, question. Yeah, because the guy that you know on your team is going to catch the ball and make a play. Throw it to that guy. That is it. And it doesn't need to be some super schematic play where you're doing all these motions and tricking anybody. Sometimes everyone knows what's going to happen, but you do it anyway because this guy's better than that guy. It's third and one. We're going to run it. They know we're going to run it. Okay? It is what it is. And that's the essence of football. That's the beauty of football, right? Stop us. Yeah. And we stopped you. You know what I mean? Or, or whatever happens. But yep. that's that's the beauty of it to me. And that's what it's going to look like on September 12th in Seattle because it is going to be very, very loud this offense for the Broncos is going to have to operate without being able to hear each other, so they are going to have to keep it simple, and it's going to be, are my guys better than your guys? If my guys are better than your guys, we're going to come home victorious, and if they're not, well, it's going to be a long flight home and a long week after that talking about that letdown, but it is only one game. Kyle Reese, thanks for joining me today, man. That this was, was really fun. fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Let's do it another time. Uh, stay tuned for Stokely and Zach. They're next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.